We have been looking in the book of John, chapter number 21. Uh, seems like every night, and that was really not my plan when we started, but I just can't get away from it. And so tonight I have another thought, John chapter 21, verses 1 through 6. We've been preaching on the right side in that the Lord made the division between the left and the right, not only in that he created us, but in the Old Testament as they consecrated the priest, they would put blood on the right ear, on the right thumb, and the right great toe. Uh, when a leper was cleansed, uh, they would come and put blood on the right ear, the right thumb, and the right great toe. And then they would put oil on top of that. And we've learned that before you'll ever be working for the Lord, you first must be washed in the blood of the Lamb. Amen? And before you and I will ever have a, uh, the help of the Holy Spirit, the anointing of the Holy Spirit, we must first be washed in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. So the Lord has made a difference between the left not getting the blood, the left not the that represents the flesh, the flesh, the flesh, and the right side represents the spirit. And there's a definite difference in my life and in yours as well. When we look in John chapter 21 tonight, we want to study on this thought, compelling us to the right side. He, read, let's read these verses. John chapter 21, verse 1. After these things, what things? Jesus has been crucified. Jesus has been buried. And Jesus is raised back to life again. Simon Peter has failed the Lord miserably. He denied him three times. He, he rebuked him right to his face, took him by his shoulders and said, Lord, I know you said you're gonna be crucified and killed. I know you said you're gonna be raised again, but be that far from you, Lord. We know that Simon Peter tried to de defend the Lord Jesus Christ and grabbed a sword and went to go probably chop off the high priest servant's head but he missed and got his right ear. That's interesting, his right ear. He severed his perception. Amen. Have you ever had your ear severed? Amen. Perception-wise to hear what you need to hear from God's word. Been times I've been in church, amen, not in the right spirit, amen, and kind of missed what God had for me because I had something wrong with my hearing. After these things, Peter's been forgiven. Peter's been restored back into fellowship. The Lord says, Peter, you have a job to do. I want you to tell the world. Remember Jesus walked into locked doors, breathed on them, said, receive ye the Holy Spirit. Peace be unto you. As my Father has sent me, so send I you. Go tell the world about me. Tell the world that I died for their sins. Tell the world that I was buried. Tell the world that I rose again. After these things... Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And on this wise showed he himself. There were together Simon Peter and Thomas called Didymus and Nathanael of Cana in Galilee and the sons of Zebedee and two other of his disciples. May I just add here, that's probably Andrew and Philip that's also in this group. We don't know that, I'm speculating, but Andrew would be Simon Peter's brother and they're usually together. Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a fishing. They say unto him, we also go with thee. They went forth and entered into a ship immediately and that night they caught nothing. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore, 
But the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Then Jesus saith unto them, Children, have ye any meat? They answered him, No. And he said unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. They cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. Therefore that disciple whom Jesus loved said unto Peter, It is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he girt his fisher's coat unto him, for he was naked and did cast himself into the sea. Now I'm going to stop right there, but we may read a little bit more. I believe with all my heart that the Lord is getting Simon Peter ready for something. He's getting Simon Peter ready for ministry. He's getting Simon Peter ready to go out and preach the gospel. You remember on the day of Pentecost who it was that stood up and preached the word of God? It was the one that cussed and denied the Lord. It was the one that chopped off the high priest's servant's ear. The one that stood up and preached 3,000 men were born again that day. I wouldn't have chose Simon Peter. I wouldn't have chose myself either to stand up and preach the gospel. But I want to say this, the Lord chose him and the Lord is getting him ready. Now let's just focus here for a second. The Lord wants you and I to make use of the means that he has given us. He gave them a boat, he gave them a net, and he gave them water. And the Lord has given us many different provisions and many different supplies. And the Lord wants us to use what he's given us. But they're to be used at his word. Not at what we say or how we think, but at his command. This is not our methods, nor is it our techniques, but it's according to his presence. So why the right side? Why is he compelling us to the right side of the ship? Well, is that, that's because Jesus knows the fish are there? Yes. More than that, is it because we need to do what Jesus says? Yes. But even more than that, there is power where God is working. He's working on the right side. The Bible says that Jesus is seated on the right hand of the power which is on high. Number one tonight, we're going to be quick. Number one, there's the consequences of disobedience. The consequences of disobedience. One of Jesus' disciples here is wrestling with past failures. He's wallowing in fear. Hanging over his conscience is all these failures, and the Lord says, there's a job I have for you to do. And Peter's thinking, I'm not cut out for this. I can't do this. I'm a failure. There's no use trying anymore. And in verse 3, he said, I go a fishing. And when he did so, he took six people with him. He took Thomas. He took Nathaniel, he took James and John, and he took probably Andrew and Philip, probably. They entered into that ship, the Bible said, immediately, and they fished all night and caught nothing. Can you imagine Simon Peter's defeat? He can't even fish for fish, and he's a fisherman, professional fisherman. The Lord called Simon Peter, Simon Peter was fishing, and now he can't even do that. God's not going to bless Peter walking away from God's call on his life. And neither is he going to bless your walking away from what God has called you to do. It's amazing. I've seen many people who tried to backslide on God only to find out when they backslid, they didn't enjoy it like they used to enjoy it. Can I get a witness right there? 
Something changed and it just didn't make them happy like it used to make them happy. Thank God for that, amen. So number two, there is a compassionate declaration. Even in our nonsense, even in our night of foolishness, verse four, morning comes. The sun's coming up in the morning. And when the sun came up, Jesus is standing on the shore. And for all I know, he watched them all night. He may have been standing there on the shore. It didn't, it didn't say that he wasn't there. He could have been standing on the shore all night long watching them, just laughing at their failure, just laughing, just laughing at their complications. And he stood on the shore. Now, they didn't know it was Jesus. They didn't recognize him. They were so busy catching nothing. Amen. And he says to them, children, not knuckleheads, not morons, not, not, not you old slow of heart. No, he said, children, have ye any meat? And I looked this up in the Greek. It's a double negative, actually. When we translate it to English, it don't come out that way exactly, but it's a double negative. In other words, he's saying, where's the catch? What are you doing? Well, isn't it something how the Lord shows up in your nonsense, in your rebellion, in your disobedience and said, what are you doing here? Elijah? Elijah, why are you in the cave? You're supposed to be out there preaching. You're a prophet called to tell the world. Why are you in the cave? Why are you handing out invitations to your pity party? What are you doing here? Children, have you any meat? What have you taken? What have you caught? And what was their answer? No, we've not caught a thing. And this stranger says to him, cast the net on the right side of the ship and you shall find. Now the natural response is, Lord, we've already fished all night and we've caught not caught one single thing. But our Lord was compassionate in his declaration and he still called them children. Number three, there is the committed decision. Once the Lord says, I want you to cast the net on the right side of the ship, you have a choice, a decision that you have to make. Now, let's just think for a second. This is an unlikely place. What do you mean, preacher, there in the water They've already fished the water. They have fished that lake out. That fish, that lake is only so big and they have encircled, they have been every place they know to catch fish. They've tried every method, every technique. I wanted to bring a fishing net tonight and just throw one and show you what it looks like and then pull it back and then take it and throw it again. Those boys were absolutely worn out. Thank God he didn't have a withered hand so he could, he could, he had both hands that he could use to throw that fishing net out, amen. And now the Bible says, look, the Lord Jesus stood on the shore. So they're close enough to, to the shore to see him. Most of the time when you catch the big fish that they're looking for, you don't catch them right next to the shore like that. You catch them out in the depths. You, you, most of the time, listen, it's an unlikely place. Lord, it, it, we're near the shore. Why would we want to fish here? Lord, we fished this night, this, this lake all night long. We, we, we have done this and done this and done this. Why do you want to have Bible school another night? We've had it Sunday. We've had it Monday. We've had it Tuesday. You're just wasting your time. Why do it one more time? Well, because God said so. It's an unlikely place. And it's an unlikely time. They have fished all night. Every fisherman knows that in the darkness, right before the sun comes up, that's the best time to fish. That's when the fish are really biting. That's when they're the, at their hungriest. But once that sun gets up, a lot of the fishes, they start flowing away. And now the Bible says it's morning time. And they, it's so much light they can see a stranger. And it's not really the time to fish. In other words, it's out of season. 
Have you ever gone fishing out of season? You better not admit too much about that, amen. <laughs> but when we get in the pulpit, the Lord said, we're to preach in season and out of season. We're to fish in season and we're to fish out of season, amen. You know what I'm doing right now? I'm fishing. That's all I'm doing. I'm going to do it again after a while. We're going to fish, amen. And, and listen, when they throw that net in an unlikely place, when they throw that net in an unlikely time, they're not even in control of it anymore. Once they cast it and let it go, it's God in control. We're at his mercy, youngins. We've got to cast our cares upon him for he careth for us, amen? And so I think then also, not just an unlikely place at an unlikely time, but I think about their unlikely attitudes. Now think about it. Those six guys are here with Simon Peter because they're out of the will of God. You got seven preachers out of the will of God out there on a boat and they've not caught a thing. Well, if they caught a whole bunch, they couldn't have told it anyway because <laughs> it's out of the will of God. <laughs> but, but what about that? So here they are with bad attitudes, discouraged. They're tired. They're weary. They're worn out. They're exhausted. I'm sure one of them said, I can't cast this net one more time. I can't do it. I don't have the strength to pull that net back in not one more time. This is a waste of time. Can you hear, about, can you hear of a, another preacher by the name of Jonah? God said, I want you to go to Nineveh, that great city, and preach to it. Hmm. Okay, Lord, y'all go. Well, let me check my wallet. Lord, if now if there's $20 in here and the ticket's $20, then that means it's my, your will for me to go the other way. <gasps> there it is. It's God's will for me to go the other way. And he went the other way. And he got in a storm and they threw him off of the boat and a whale swallowed him up. Yeah. And he was in there three days and three nights. I really, I believe with all my, with all my heart, I believe he had, he had probably had a death experience in there. And after three days and three nights, salvation is of the Lord and the whale vomited him up and probably had him closer to Nineveh than he was to start with. And now he's got to get up and go into Nineveh. He smells like whale vomit, however that smells. And he looks terrible. He has no burden for Nineveh. He doesn't love those people. He doesn't care one single thing about them. He's got a terrible attitude. And he walks in an unlikely place at an unlikely time. And he stands on the street's corner and he says, Yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown by the God of all glory. And then he went and sat down and pouted and the whole city heard the message and got right with God. Honey, you may say tonight that in my life, this is not the right place. This is not the right time. Preacher, I know I've got the right, I know I've got a net, but I've used it all night and it don't work. And I know I've got a boat and I've used it all night and it don't work. And I know I've been on this water and I've been on it all day, all night long and it don't work. But the Lord says, I want you to go one more time. They're going to make an unlikely choice. They cast therefore, and when they did, when they trusted the Lord, they've got so many, they can't even pull it back in. Simon Peter heard John say, it's the Lord, boys, it's the Lord. And Simon Peter, being naked, put his outer garment on and look at the word. Verse seven, he cast himself. 
Cast all your cares upon the Lord, for he careth for you. He cast himself, cast the net on the right side, and they cast. And now look what else he did. He cast himself. He, I'd like to jump over this pulpit. I wish I had enough ability just to, he just cast himself. Just cast himself at the mercy of the Lord into the sea. Preacher, what do you think he's doing? Think he's covering up because he's ashamed? I do. I think it's more than that. I think he thought, I want to get to the Lord. I want to get to him just a, honey, you wait till he raptures me home. I'm going to get to him just as fast as I can, amen. I want to get to his feet. I want to kiss his feet. I want to worship him. I want to praise him. And I'll about fight some of you to get there, amen. I want to get at the feet of Jesus, Don't, I, amen. I mean that in the Lord. I want to get at the feet of Jesus Christ. And Simon Peter cast himself into the sea. He made a committed decision, Lord, I'm a sinful man. Lord, you've caught me in my rebellion. You've caught me in my failure. One more time, bloop, he jumps into the water, cast himself into the sea. Number four, I want you to see the compelling directive. The Bible says in verse number eight that the other disciples came in a little ship and they were dragging the net with fishes. In other words, they had to use the power of the wind, which is the Holy Spirit, to drag all those fishes just to get them to the shore. It was not in the strength of human ability and might to bring all those fishes into shore. What about that? Only the Holy Ghost can help us when we try to minister to those that are lost and needing salvation. Only the Holy Ghost can help us when we get in this pulpit and we start preaching. It's got to be the Holy Ghost or nothing at all is going to get done. I hope you'll write this down. When God gets ready to use you, he prepares the vessel. God is preparing Simon Peter to be used. You know, I believe that all things work together for good, don't you? Even Peter, when he went off into rebellion, God's going to use his rebellion for God's glory and for good. He's going to prepare the vessel to be prepared for the use of the Lord. Now look with me in verse number nine. And as soon as they were come to land, they saw a fire of coals there and fish laid thereon and bread. Whoa, time out, wait a minute. Last time Simon Peter saw a fire of coals, he was following Jesus after Jesus had been arrested Peter followed from afar. And being so cold as you follow from afar, he began to warm himself by the fire there when somebody recognized him and said, hey, you, you're one of his disciples. No, I'm not, he said. Yes, you are. Ah, you are one of his disciples. No, not me. Oh, your speech betrayeth you, said a little girl. You are one of them Galileans. You were with Jesus. And he began to cuss and swear. And it's, listen, here we are now after Jesus is resurrected from the dead, after Jesus has forgiven him of his sin, after Simon Peter said, it's too hard to serve God. I failed, I'm miserable. The Lord's gonna bring him face to face with his failure. If you're going to be used of God, God's gonna give you victory over your failure. He brings him face to face with another coal of fire. And look what's on it. The Bible says that there's fish on it. Now the fish they caught still out there in the sea. 
but the Lord Jesus Christ has brought his own fish. In fact, there was another time there was a little boy who gave the Lord his lunch, right? Just a few loaves and a few fishes. Fishes that was a size, a little boy size, sardines and crackers. And the Lord took it and gave God thanks for it and broke it and he fed 5,000 men, not to mention the women and the children. And Simon Peter is reminded, I have failed the Lord, but look at his power, look at his glory. He's got fire, he's got fire here. He built the fire, he built a welcome fire. Tonight the Lord says, welcome to the house of God, amen, amen. And he's got bread, and he's got fishes already laid out there for you. Thank God for it. Verse 10, this is the compelling directive. Jesus saith unto them, bring of the fish which you have now caught. Simon Peter went up. He didn't, listen, he didn't say I'm gonna set this one out. (laughs) No, he's involved in it now. And the Lord said, you go ahead and bring your contribution to the work. That thing that you did that was so disobedient that I had to rescue you from and turn your world around. You bring, he says, he went and drew the net to land full of great fishes, 153, and that's probably tops, different types of fish. And for all there were so many, yet was not the net broken. Remember in Luke chapter five when Jesus was preaching in Simon Peter's boat and when he preached, he cast the net and when he did, the net broke. That's because Jesus has not died on the cross. He's not been buried. He's not rose again yet. But now the gospel net's not broken. Amen. It'll haul in a great catch. Simon Peter brings them. Verse 12, Jesus saith unto them, Come and dine. Woo-wee. Fellowship. Supper with Jesus. Don't you know he remembered? There was a last supper he had with the Lord. Amen. Come and dine. And none of the disciples durst ask him, Who art thou, knowing that it was the Lord? Jesus then cometh and taketh bread and giveth them and fish likewise. Think this is what the Lord is saying. Simon Peter, come and dine. It, I hope you'll write this down somewhere. It's time for you to get over what I'm already over. What is it that's hindering you from serving God at full capacity? What is hindering you from going forward for the cause of Christ? The Lord said, I've forgiven you. I'm over it. I'm not hindering fellowship with you. This broken fellowship you have is just on your side. You go ahead and bring the fish that you caught that I helped you with, and we're going to combine them with the fish you already have here, and we're going to have fellowship together. I'm over it, Simon Peter. I want you to be over it. I want you to grow up. I want you to be a man. I want you to be mature. I want you to go out and preach the gospel to the lost and dying that men might be saved. And the Bible says that Jesus gave them bread and fish. Obviously, Simon Peter partook of it. And can you just imagine, I thought about this, Brother Bobby, can you just imagine the Lord handing you fish and bread and you see the wounds and the scars And you know the only way I have fellowship with Jesus Christ is because he died for me. He was buried and he was raised again. Amen. I'm telling you tonight, youngins, I'm done. But I'm telling you tonight, I believe with all my heart the Lord is compelling us 
to the right side. He's compelling us to cast the net on the right side. He's compelling us to trust him. Tonight, tonight, we're going to be preaching a second message about eight o'clock tonight from this very text to our young people. And I'm just gonna ask you tonight, youngins, we're being compelled by the Lord to the right side. I'm gonna ask you, would you pray tonight that the Lord would have his way, that he'd make preaching easy and he'd let the Holy Ghost have his way and do the work that only he can do and that the preacher has liberty but the preacher don't get in the way, you stand to your feet tonight. If you're watching online, we appreciate you tuning in. Good night, God bless you. You folks here at church, we need to hit the altar to pray tonight. We're being compelled to the right side tonight. Would you pray with us?